The first week of winter, 1982. U.S. Outpost 31, Antarctica. Being trapped on this hunk of ice and snow could cause a lesser man's mind to wander into realms unknown. The food sucks. I hear the same Stevie Wonder song at least four times a day, and honestly, I just plain don't like Palmer. So not exactly Santa's fucking workshop. Windows hasn't been able to get anybody on the radio in at least two weeks. We finally got to see some new humans for the first time in months. Some Norwegians from a few clicks up north. They were tracking down a dog or something. One blew up his own chopper and the other one fired on us. Gary eventually got him. McCready and some of the others went to go find their camp. Finally, some excitement. But hey, maybe I'll go play fetch with the new dog that's on base. Welcome to Atomic Radio Hour. My name is Vince, and I'm also here with my good friend, Kyle. <laughs> Welcome to Atomic Radio Hour. Today we have something very special for you. Something I've been wanting to do for a very, very long time. Um, something we do here on the show every now and again is we like to talk about movies that take place within a, take place with a dystopian theme or dystopian or a dystopian landscape. And this is probably, and I don't mean this with any hyperbole, the best movie we've yet to review on this podcast. I'm gonna kind of give away what my review, like my ranking is at the end of this, but we're here, Kyle and I are here to talk about John Carpenter's The Thing from 1982. What some people regard as one of the best horror films ever. Uh, it's a gore movie. It's a special effects movie, it's a movie with a story, but most importantly, it's a movie that to this day, no matter how many times I've seen it, makes me, makes my skin crawl. It makes me think about the cast, it makes me think about the crew, it makes me think, what if something like this actually could happen? There is a real impending sense of doom that comes with this film, and if this film does nothing else right, it's its atmosphere. The film takes place on U.S. Outpost 31 in Antarctica, and it is just a perfect setting. The shots are claustrophobic. You feel like you're in the space. You can feel these guys that are on top of you that you've been, been there with for months. Every part of this movie is done phenomenally. I'm not, I'll be honest, I'm not a huge fan with the opening shot, but this movie, I cannot speak highly enough about. Kyle, please, before yes. I begin to ramble, this movie, <laughs> yeah, it's, I, I, I really think it's the closest thing to a perfect film. Yeah, yeah, I, I can agree with you on that. What would you like to say about the film before I, I just yell uh, about the, the score for an hour? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't like horror, and mm -hmm. I really like this. Like, uh, it just it wasn't like oh we're a serial killer that can ma can't magically die chasing us or yeah. It it felt different. It, it, it's in that category cosmic horror, which I love. Mm. Is that um. Lovecraftian? Is that yeah, Lovecraftian alien okay. stuff like that? Anything that has to do with space. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I um we will do our best for the next I'm gonna say four three to four minutes to not spoil anything. 
because this is a movie that I feel like you should go into with with no knowledge whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And that's going to do that's going to do I didn't watch this movie the way you should watch this movie. Um, I left some lights on because I was just so tired that I was afraid I was going to pass out when I rewatched it. Not out of boredom, just because I was sitting down, you know, because I'm 90. And uh, I think when you watch this movie for the first time, you should have the windows wide open in the middle of, of January. Like, that's what does this movie a great justice is just having your windows wide open. You feel the cold. You can feel it deep in your bones. Throw a jacket on. Get a cup of coffee, a hot chocolate, something to warm you up. But still that feeling of the cold is on top of you. I have this movie. Kyle, how did you watch this movie? Uh, I have a 4K version of it on Blu-ray. You watch on the PS5? Yep, on a 4K television. That must have been great. Looked pretty good, yeah. Ugh, seeing all those wrinkles in Kurt Russell's <laughs> face. Hey, I like mean, ca- I, I never seen it. I only saw clips before we saw it in a drive-in. Mm, you hadn't seen it prior to that. I haven't seen it like fully, fully. I, I've yeah. only seen like bits and pieces, but like really, when we first saw it, yeah. So like noticing some more details now in a screen up closer. Like I said, with like nose ring, like. I yeah. didn't even notice that when we watched it, and now I was like, oh, huh. This is probably my fourth or fifth time watching it, and I didn't notice that till this time. Yeah. Uh, I, I have the Blu-ray. I bought the Blu-ray a little while ago. When I when I had bought this, I was still in Pennsylvania, and I uh, watched it in, in my living room, and I my, my mom was so upset. I was like, we're opening the windows for this. <laughs> and she's like, we can't. I was like, I'm doing it. And I like opened like it's and I was like in my childhood home, like in the, the living room I grew up in, like sitting on the couch. And you know how my living room was set up. Like, you know how yeah. the kitchen was right there. I I had to pause it like I had to pee in the worst way. And I hate doing this. But I said I was like, I have to pee and we are pausing the movie. And like I got up and turned every light on. <laughs> mm-hmm. And even my mom said to me, she's like, you good? I was like. I've seen this movie before and I'm terrified. Like it just gets into you. And I, I really want to make a point to to say this, especially because Kyle and I are listening to the soundtrack while we record this. It is done by one of the greatest sound people to ever make soundtracks for anything ever. Ino Morricone, who actually died last year, I want to say about a year ago, like October, September of 2020. He's done – he did – think I'm pretty sure he did um, either Django or Hateful Eight soundtrack. Hmm. He's done uh, – I'm pretty sure he's the guy who did wah 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 like that like Clint Eastwood. Yeah. Like like the, the man with no name. Ecstasy like, of Gold. Sorry? Ecstasy of Gold. That's what it's called. That song? Yeah. Damn. I'm, I'm impressed you know that. I'm not uh, surprised, <laughs> but I am impressed. <laughs> <laughs> He, it's it's phenomenal. And I was actually listening to some of this, uh, doing a little research before we sat down to record, listening to the soundtrack, reading the comments. Ino Morricone was actually nominated for a Razzie because of the soundtrack. <laughs> and it's a it's like, I know it's not playing while you're listening to it, but Kyle and I are listening to it, like I said, and it's phenomenal. <laughs> like, yeah. it's so good. <laughs> like I cannot stress how good this soundtrack it's is. Like it calming but eerily mysterious. 
Yes, that's a perfect way to put it. You, it almost lulls you into like a false sense of security. Throughout the entire movie, there's these like hard hitting drum, uh, like bass drums, and it's to replicate your heartbeat. And it's at a normal heartbeat pace. It's not at anything fast. It's not at anything slow, but it's to remind you to breathe. And like the the cast of this movie is so good. Even the people that don't have huge parts, like feel like they have huge parts yeah and and it's so good like nobody feels like they're hamming it up nobody feels like they're like overacting like there's a few there's a few scenes with with kurt russell that i wasn't huge on to be honest um but like ah dude this movie should probably it's got give give it a little summary sorry yeah as i'm just gushing (laughs) so uh, a base in the Antarctic, it's never said what they're researching exactly, just that they're a U.S. research group looking for something, researching something, be it the snow, the ice, something. And everything seems pretty mundane until eventually a Norwegian helicopter flies in as they're shooting at a dog. The Norwegians uh, don't speak English and the Americans don't speak Norwegian and... There's a little bit of a fight that happens. This dog they were chasing gets welcomed into the base. And from pretty much that point on, you don't know what's going on in the movie. And that's the best. That's the best part. Like, I hate when I sit down to a movie and I'm, I just go, what is going on? Like, what is happening? But this is a movie where you go, what is happening? What is going on? And every moment of it is so enjoyable. You every moment that passes by feels like a reward. Yeah. Like every moment, because you, you're learning more and yeah. more. It's a mystery. You're watching a mystery unravel. I would and go you're as far to say. Part of it, almost. You almost feel. Okay, so there's this entire movie. I, I know I said I was given a summary and I started to gush again. I apologize. But you think I, sur- I surmised it pretty well, or should I like yeah. add more? <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I kind of don't think we should say any more for the summary because then it's like. Because there's a lot to it, yeah, and it's yeah. it, it's best to figure it out yourself, you know. I, I would go so far saying not only is this one of the greatest horror movies ever made, it's damn near of a, a great noir. Yeah. Um. I think we should spoil it, Kyle. Let's spoil it now. Okay. Spoiler warning. <laughs> From here on out, we will be talking about yeah. spoilers. Kyle, what is your favorite scene of this movie? Uh, ooh, that's a hard one to think. I love when they chase him out into the snow and he just looks at everybody with the and yells. arms and yells and they're Kyle. all just around him. Ooh, Kyle, that's my favorite part too. Ooh, you took it. Oh, God, how good is that? I remember that scene being different though. Like in my memory, the first time I saw that movie, I remember – the camera staying on him as he got lit on fire mm. and like his, I don't know why, like, you know how just sometimes your were brain, you, maybe like, you were, you were mixing that up with when they, uh, he said the thing on and he ran out into the snow and then blew up. Maybe you're thinking of that scene. Maybe, maybe the first time I saw this, I was, um, how do I say this? Like in a good Christian way, not all there. <laughs> Does that make sense? <laughs> uh, and I remember I saw this. I, it's it's cool if I say first names if I don't say last names, right? 
Yeah. So I saw this at Garrett's house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was Garrett, John, Jake, and S- And we were all watching this movie. And I didn't, like, understand the concept at first. Like, I had heard about it. And this one kid, John, that we hung out with was a huge film buff. You remember John? Pretty John? Uh, if I see him, maybe. Pretty, pretty boy John. You remember him? Uh, no. It's not he, he showed up late and he had real pretty eyes. We're watching this. And I, w- I kept going, wait, so, like, what's the thing? And then this kid, John, would go, well, that's the thing. And then not answer the question. <laughs> <laughs> and then like we got halfway through the movie and and by this point I'd ask, so what is the thing? And this kid Garrett got really, really upset with me. So <laughs> I would just ask constantly just to piss him off. <laughs> so I'd be like, so what is the thing? He'd be like, shut the fuck up and watch the movie, please. This this I don't know, maybe I just fuse these two scenes together maybe. or what have you. That's my favorite part because it, it becomes so real at that point. Uh, before we go into scenes, we should probably spoiler it, 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 it a little bit more. Um, oh. So they rescued the dog, which yes. turns oh. out to be the thing, this alien. <laughs> yeah. Um, which then essentially creeps in and comes one of the members or two of the members. It, it's not all clear. Like, yes. there's bits and pieces, there's theories and stuff like that, but... There is a point with, I believe it's Palmer, uh, when they're in the rec room, you know, when he has them all tied up. Yeah. There's a point where Palmer is, he does, his eye doesn't have a glint in it. Yes. I remember seeing a theory about that. Yeah. Um, but to go back to what you were saying, the dog is the thing like that scene where they shoot the dogs. If you spoke Swedish. They spoil oh, it for you. Oh fuck! I forgot about that. If you know Norwegian, Norwegian, then that's right. The whole—that's no. I'm happy you said that because Kurt Russell's character n- doesn't ever call them Norwegian. He calls them Swedish the whole time. Um, he the the Norwegian guy says it. He, I think his exact words are, "Don't go near that dog. It's not a dog. It's a thing." Yeah. Which I mean, I, I'll probably when I go through like the fun facts and trivia stuff later on, yeah. Uh, before we wrap, I'll probably bring that up. But this is like a, a thing that kind of takes me out of the movie is um, the opening scene with the with the spaceship. When I had first seen it, I didn't see that scene. Yeah, didn't, wasn't that I could sworn somebody I read that that was added in a little bit later. Really, but it was that ship was also no. Coming in, I'm, I'm trying to think. Either it's the ship coming in, or it's the ship there. No, it's a ship coming in. They actually build a scale replica. That's not CGI. Yes. No, yeah. the ship that's like in the ice. It's actually a painting. So what ship is real? Though the ship in the beginning that's like flying towards Earth is actually a model they built. Really? Yeah, and the ship in the ice where they're standing there and it's the ice is yeah. all painting. Kyle, I forgot to mention, we have seen the first movie. Correct, yeah. We have seen the thing from another planet or another world. My first time seeing this movie was in a drive-in with these. I, I think I think seeing the th- I think seeing any movie, especially a movie that was shot on film, pretty much anything that like right before the 90s, 
like 90, maybe 92, like anything prior to that. Mm-hmm. Seeing it at a drive-in, dude, one of my, one movie that I, I must see once in my lifetime at a drive-in, I don't care how old I am or when it is, I need to see the original Godzilla mm. on a big silver screen, like in my car. Like I, I have to. That's just one of those things that like, I just think every movie is improved with that. And the, the, the drive-in that we went to, they had the old school film projectors. Yeah. And apparently that's like not a thing for like the nine remaining drive-ins in the country. But the, the thing from another planet, it's almost comedic that movie, but I think it's almost comedic because of how old it is. It's from 54, I believe. Yeah. I know it was, it was same concept but different. Like the alien mm-hmm. was just the same the whole time, and it didn't like change into somebody else. Did do you know what book this is based on? Uh I can't remember. I remember watching the behind the scenes about it. It is a book by John W. Campbell. It's called Who Goes There. Mm. I'm gonna try to pick this up next time I go to my uh, next time I go to my local uh, what's it called bookstore. Yeah. But this book was published in 1938. Mm-hmm. The first movie, A Thing from Another World, is 1951. Then there's The Thing from 1982. And then there's The Thing from 2011. Which is a prequel to this movie. Have you seen it? Uh, no, I watched a bunch of like the stuff on like YouTube about some scenes. I have never seen it. Yeah, it's about the Norwegians. I, I would like to see it. Um, my... Uh, Marcus, who I do, oh, who you actually saw this with? Yeah, <laughs> who I do lizard brains with, which is coming back. I promise. Uh, he raves about not raves, but he says that the the, the prequel has a lot of merit to it. Uh, he said that like there, you know, the scene when they go to the Norwegian base and there's like the axe in the door yeah. and like the holes in the wall, like yeah. all of that is, is explained, which is awesome. You could tell it was a huge love letter to, yeah, I remember through watching, that. uh, like a uh, kill count for that. Uh, you might not like it cause it's all CGI. Um, yeah. Oh, we got to talk about the special effects, Papa. Yeah. Uh, the axe scene though, I felt it was deliberate to be like, yeah, cause it was in the first movie. We have to put the axe here. Cause I think they kill a hand with it. And he's about to pick it up, and she goes, "No, leave it." And it's like, "Okay, that's the oh. weird thing." <laughs> but like, yeah, like the 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 body that first they first find that has two faces. That's explained. The guy in the radio tower who's dead because he killed himself is explained. Like, all that is explained. I always assumed in the first movie that. I mean, maybe this is me just overthinking it, but everything you watch the Americans do is exactly what the Norwegians did. Yeah. They were, you know what in, I mean? In, yeah, in that movie, they were about to do the blood thing. Really? Yeah. But they were like, oh, we can't, or no, or something. I don't remember what, why. But yeah, I was watching the thing, Kill Count thing that was like, yeah, they kind of push some things of like, yeah, the first movie had it, so we can probably do it, but. It, it finished off, from what I know, it ends as them getting in the helicopter. Really? Yeah, going after the dog. All I know is the guy who shoots at the dog, his name is Lance. Mm-hmm. That's it. <laughs> in the movie, he's in the first thing, he's or the thing from 82 is uh, Norwegian 1, and the other guy is Norwegian 2. So, uh, so I, I, they kind of had a weird thing in that movie where the thing can't have... Uh, 
Uh, the thing f- with teeth, uh, when you have a thing in your teeth. Cavity? No. Uh, Food? When it's fixed. Metal fillings or something like that. It spits it out really? when it changes. Or like metal, any metal. Like a guy had an earring in his ear and he, she found out that it was him because it was on the wrong ear or something like that. What? Okay, hold on. Is Fuchs the doctor with the nose ring? Yes. You never see Fuchs die. They nope. come back. McCready comes back with the chef and somebody else. And they find Fuchs dead on the ground. Because Fuchs had the nose ring. You could, like, if it was if it was substantiated from the first film... You well, could, he got you his could... arms cut off, right? Oh, shit. Who am I thinking of? No, I think that is Fuchs. I'm I'm awful with names. I'm awful with the two. There's the doctor and then, like, the scientist guy who gets locked in the shed. Wilford Brimley? Yeah, him and the doctor, because they look well, almost the same. <laughs> so him I just refer to as Wilford Brimley. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I don't know his name, but like, how good is that scene when they check on him and the noose is just there? See, that's that's a cool thing of like, okay, he's gonna kill himself and stuff like that. But then it's also rewatching that, going, oh, he's the alien. He's not gonna kill himself. He was going to. He's eating from cans. You know, now he's not going to because he's infected. At what point do you think he becomes he becomes the thing? Uh, I think when they escape, when they like. Don't know what's going on. Somebody goes there and infects them after they lock him in there. Really? Because he set the news up. He was going to, you know, finish it off, but he's in yeah. there going, eating from the cans. And he's going, hey, let me out. Let me out. You think at that point he's the thing? Yep. Really? Mm-hmm. Do you think that the thing would be that smart to, to um, be able to think that far ahead? Yeah, I mean, it took McCready's clothes and ripped it up and laid it out in the, you know, snow to frame him. Okay, that's valid. That's valid. There was a few things that had happened that um, I just didn't, like, I didn't think that the thing would be able to do, that, like, it triggered this thing in my I don't even remember what it was. I should have wrote. I try to take notes for when we do things like this, and I just couldn't. Yeah. Like, I don't even have the note card in front of me, but it was just like the writer, the director, you know, Maricone, 1982. Like, that was it. And then I was like, oh, here's the be- I'm just watching the best movie ever made. Yeah. Like, I just couldn't not like. Sam. I. I love this movie, dude. I love this movie. So the special effects in this movie. This is why I like this is why I can't stand CGI. And I actually. Two two quick stories about someone that I work with, someone I work with is uh, very much into movies, right? I wouldn't say a cinemaphile, but they enjoy a good flick. And we were talking about what makes a Christmas movie. And I jokingly said, um, because they were like, oh, The Nightmare Before Christmas is a Christmas movie. I'm like, yeah, but it's a Halloween movie, but it's a Christmas movie. And then I was like, I pulled out the old, well, is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Because Mm -hmm. that's a a fucking internet debate. They confirmed that it was. The police did, which I'm not trusting the police. But, like, I said, okay, then The Thing is a Christmas movie. And they're like, what do you mean The Thing is a Christmas movie? I go, I don't know. It takes place in Antarctica. There's snow. It's the Christmas movie. <laughs> right? Because I was like, if, if the merit is just something Christmas related has to happen. I'm watching this motherfucking movie. And Kurt Russell's character goes, ah, God, the first week of winter and this happens. You know what the first day of winter is? What? December 21st. Hmm. 
this is a fucking Christmas movie. <laughs> like, it's an unironic, not on purpose Christmas movie. Like, he says the first week. That means 21, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7 even. You know what I mean? Like, this is yeah. right before 1983. So, the thing is a Christmas movie. I am giving everyone permission to watch it. But also, same person. We were talking about prequels, sequels, and CGI. And like out of nowhere, they hit me with I. They their exact words were I fucking hate CGI. And I was like, you're the coolest person that works here. <laughs> like this movie, you can tell it's an older movie, but looks and feels timeless yep. because the effects are real. There is something for them to look at. It's not. It's not somebody looking. Someone on a green screen looking at a tennis ball in front of them bob around. This movie feels real. The world feels inhabitable because of this. That fucking spider head thing. Kyle, the spider head. Yeah. They always How blew up. cool. I was watching behind the scenes of when that scene with uh, him on the operating table where they have the fire. Uh, I forgot what they did. When he's stretching the neck out, they used bubblegum and melted plastic for like the, the tendons. Oh my god. And I guess there's so much fume from something that when they did the fire bar for the camera, it like ignited the whole set. And I I think it was John Carpenter, right? John Carpenter, yeah. He's like, get this fire out now. He's yelling to the people. <laughs> it was something like that. It was in behind the scenes to the guy who was uh who did all the special effects and props and stuff like that. That's awesome. I gotta get let's get his name. Hold on. I I should have done this earlier and I didn't. I tried to make a mental note to do it and I didn't. So give me one second. This had a budget of an estimated uh, fifteen million. Its opening weekend made three, and its worldwide gross made nineteen point six. This is one of those movies that probably didn't like it, it was panned. Uh this yeah. and Blade Runner opened the same weekend and people didn't like either of them and now they're looked at as these massive classics. Yeah. I can't find the the men who made this. I know it's Carpenter. It is written or I'm sorry, directed by John Carpenter and it was written by Bill Lancaster did the screenplay but the original was John W Campbell Jr who did the story which I believe if I remember correctly that's the guy who wrote uh who goes there. But like I don't have it in front of me but who goes there some of the characters in that book are in this movie like Clark uh who else? Clark, Gary I want to say Windows are all from the book. There's a couple others that are that are from from the it's, book. It's uh, well. Rob Bodden is the guy who did the special effects. Oh, why the fuck wasn't that the first thing on here? It's the things. Thank you for for finding that because I would have just rambled on. Yeah. Like, do you do you have what else he's done in front of you? Because I I think this movie alone should be. He should be looked at like the same way Ray, Ray Harryhausen for stop motion is looked at. Like it's just uh, Star Wars: The Fog. The Fog. Have you ever seen The Fog? Yeah, that's a very sad ending. Um, I can't find him. Uh, it says known for RoboCop, Total Recall, Seven, The Thing, Humanoids, The Fog. Uh, Rock and Roll High School, The Howling, Fight Club, <laughs> Fight Club, really? Charlie's Angels, Mr. Deeds. 
Mr. Deeds? Yeah. That's one of the movies I grew up on. Holy shit. Explorers. Airplane. Airplane, really? King Kong. Which one? 76. Really? What else? What else, Kyle? I feel like we're just gushing, dude. Oh, uh, the, the movie <sighs> or this guy? No, but I mean the movie. Who's your favorite character that isn't Kurt Russell or Keith David? <laughs> uh, I like Palm- Palmer. Do you really? Yeah. Okay. I like I mean, they're all They all were yeah. good. Like, I, yeah. there was not somebody I hated, you know? Yeah. I, I like Windows. I don't know why. Maybe it's because he's got the glasses. Mm. Um, I just like the way he looks in the movie. I like when Wilford Brimley. I like this. I love the scene when Wilford Brimley like puts through the computer of like how how long until we're dead? Yeah how how long would this take to spread? Yeah, like how long until humanity's gone? And at one point, it's like. The, the thing says there's a 75% chance that another crew member is already the thing. Mm-hmm. Then on top of that, it's like, what is the likelihood of this? If this gets out of the Antarctic, that all of humanity is gone and it's like, yeah, it's going to happen. And then it says how long and it's 27,000 hours, 27,000. So here's the thing. <laughs> Is it just sentient life in the sense of people, animals, or is it trees? Because there's no there's no grass, there's no trees in the no, in the true. Antarctic. You know what I mean? So is it just you know like what? it's a weird thought I just have in mind? The thing is that? basically a mimic without a form. Yeah. 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 Fuck, I never thought of it like that. Yeah, huh. 27,000 hours is 1,100... I'm sorry, 1,125 days. So... Three years? Wow. It would take three years for the, for, for the thing to destroy the entire planet. I love this movie. Yeah, I love the themes, the ideas. I love everything about this movie. There's, there's so much that you can like watch to be like, who got when did this person get affected? You know, like yeah, and like you know, who at at that time? Like, it, it, it's so interesting. You know the scene where the dog walks into the room and the guy like looks over and like waves the yes. dog over. If I read it correctly before, that's uh, John Carpenter. No, it's just a random person he had sit there. Really? Yep. He didn't okay. want it to be like hoo-hoo, but it kind of looked like the curly-haired I guy. I thought it was Windows, yeah. Yeah. No, but okay, so I read it wrong then. Uh, he he got someone else to not be a crew member. Yeah. I mean, what sucks is, not what sucks, but like this game is Among Us. Or this, mov- this movie is like yeah. the direct werewolf, inspiration. You know, Among Us. What do you mean Werewolf. Werewolf was like the pre Among Us, where it's like somebody's a werewolf in the town. Oh, it was, oh, it's kind of like, like a board game thing. I re- I remember playing something like that. Yeah, in school. Yeah, that in a game called Mafia. But oh yeah, Mafia same. This like the first time I ever played Among Us, we actually did it in the Discord link to in the description of the Discord. Um, 
we had like a little Discord party and we played Among Us. And I was like, I want to play on the snow level. And I pick like the big hat and I named my character McCready. Yeah, and I was the dog, and I was the, the thing the whole time. <laughs> you. Were you really? Yeah, and I got oh, you. Oh, wow. How fitting. <laughs> but, like, this this is also, like, I just, I, I can't talk about this movie enough. It's, it's. There's a there's a few things that we're watching going, huh. Really? Like um, what? Uh, how quick it took to build that alien ship underneath that shed. Yeah. That was like, and they don't uh, explain what it's made of or anything. It's like parts from everywhere around, but it was like, okay. Uh, and the second one was like, it's it, it's the heart attack that uh, what's his name has Niles? No, no Niles the, the curly hair. Yes, the heavy guy. I know what you're talking like, about. Is it the whole time? Like, is he? infected how is the thing working with like that if you like is a dormant in him like, that, that's like some stuff so. that's like i but i think that's the point well yeah but it's also like yeah it, it's also is it mimicking him having a heart attack or is it actually like he doesn't know he's it's a, he's infected kind of thing so let me just play devil's advocate well, ah, well, no, I can't even say that because I was going to say, what if the thing was only if he was only half thing at that point? But if he was half thing, he'd be all slimy and like inside out. Because I would have said, what if, what if he's, what if that person died, and then like the thing just took over the rest of it? You know what I mean? Like if it was yeah. like half thing, half person. But no. And like how how it, does it spread? I think I, I would like to see a little bit more, maybe. Mm-hmm. Like, is it spread by, like... Because we only Spit? saw it get spread by, like, it changing and freaking grabbing and eating people. Mm-hmm. But it seems like it also, like, transferred some other way. Like, is it, like, a lick? But the dog licked Thing's face in the beginning of the movie, and he wasn't it. I think it's those tentacles. The tentacles? I, that's what I think, but that's the that's I mean the point we're having this conversation means the movie did its job. Yeah, yeah. Like, and I'm not trying to like shot shoo away your your point. You make a very valid point, but that's like the point. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it, the fact that we don't see people die on screen is. Like I love that. Like I love that we're not being told anything. Mm-hmm. We're not having our hand held. It's this is a movie. You're an adult. Put on your fucking big boy pants. People are going to die. You're going to get attached to these characters. Like, you don't trust any of them. Like, you don't even trust McCready. Like, even after the blood sample test, I don't trust McCready. Like, a little while after that, you don't trust him anymore again. Yeah. Because there's scenes where he's not there. And, like, Childs just disappears for the last, like, 10 to 15 minutes of the movie. Yeah. And then there's the whole thing with the blood of like, I think I remember reading in theories that somebody took the blood and did that like fake. I have a blood tube in my system to cut to be like, yeah, I have human blood. Really? If somebody broke into the blood. Why I not take some? Talk. Oh, Kyle. I will put pictures on screen because you just said that. Sorry. I have on my keys. It's a. Um, 
like an old motel key ring thing that says U.S. Outpost 31. And on the back, it says, see something, say something, and a no smoking sign. Hmm. And it's like I, – I, when I rewatch it this time, I look to see if the keys – because I bought it off an Etsy seller. And I thought – you said the blood. I thought it was that key that Gary right. keeps on him. Yeah. And it's not. It's just a fun, like, you know, I like Which, this movie. Ha ha. Look, look, look. Uh, glasses drops and no one, like, acknowledges it. So somebody could have picked up the keys anytime. Really? Because when he rushes See, in and things getting from the dead body and he, you just hear the keys drop and he rushes out. Didn't even notice that. This movie's so good. It is. This movie, like, it's, when I say it's a perfect movie, like, it's the the closest thing we've ever had to a perfect movie, like, I know that goes up against things like Citizen Kane and Metropolis. But those movies are from a different time. You know what I mean? Like, this movie is not going to be, con- what do you think's the best movie to come out in the past, like, ten years? Like, honestly. Uh, I don't really think there's anything modern that's come I out mean, that's I don't wowed know. anybody the way this shit has wowed anybody because at this point it was still kind of the Wild West in a sense. Like I'm trying to think of what I was mean, the best picture winners from the past few years. There's one movie that wowed us both. What was that? Sonic? Sonic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like I'm saying like what's a movie that you think is going to be passed down through generations and said like, hey, this is this is like high art. Joker? No, I don't think so. Because no? I think I think Joker Joker is too much of it has too many similarities to um Oh my god, what is taxi. the movie with De Niro? Yeah, Taxi, taxi Driver. driver. Right, it has right, too right. many similar similarities to Taxi Driver. I still love <sighs> Joker. But it's also a movie that's connected to an existing intellectual property like this even though well i mean that that might be hypocritical because of this movie being based on a book but it's not directly it's inspired by the book it's a cold classic you're asking basically what like what do you think of the past 10 to 20 years is going to be regarded as a a classic i think her is going to be regarded as something that's fondly looked upon but i don't think her is going to be a classic like what's going to be our generation's wizard of oz you know what I mean? Oh, I can't think. Like, our generation's Star Wars is the last Avengers movie. I know that. But also, look at what Star Wars is now. Without the first three Star Wars movies, you don't get Endgame. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's the only reason I saw those two movies is because I went, this is Star Wars. This is my generation Star Wars. I have to see this. I don't want to, I don't want my kids to be like, hey, dad, what was the fucking Thanos like? And I was like, I don't know. I, I was, I was too much of a, a, a grumpy, curmudgeon old man at the age of 18 to go see it or however old I was. You're still thinking about it. I can tell you're still thinking about it. Like, I'm trying to think of all the movies that have won Best Picture at the Oscars. I Parasite's know, I'm the only one I can think. think of. La La Land Parasite, won. I think. Yeah, but par- you think Parasite will be passed down the same way? I don't think it will be because in America, we're all, not all of us, but most people are bigoted assholes who don't want to read subtitles. Midsummer. Midsummer is a fantastic movie. I don't think it'll be passed down as a classic. I mean, also... 
these like the thing is a movie that I look to that like if I ever have kids, I can't wait to share it with them. I actually had this conversation recently at work. If I ever have a kid, we're watching Godzilla movies. I don't care how fucking scary you think Mothra is, Jim. We're watching this. Like, this is important to me. My mom showed, your grandmother showed me this, and now you're going to watch it too. (laughs) I've been scared of moths my entire fucking life because (laughs) of that movie. But, like, I don't think, I, I just feel like, and I'm not trying to rant and go on a whole negative tangent. I don't feel like there's as much love that are that's being put into movies anymore. And I know that's kind of a common thing to say, but look at this movie. It was a $15 million movie. It made its money back eventually. And it's a cult classic. People see the love and the merit that goes into it. What is our generation's thing? I don't think we'll know. I don't think we'll know to we're old men. And you know what, Kyle? I can't wait for the day when we're both in our 70s and I can call you and go, this is our thing. Is it going to be our thing? It, 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 um, the reboot or the remake or what have you of it with the kid from Stranger Things? Mm. Like, that was the high, it's like the highest grossing horror film ever in a theater. Like, horror movies don't do well in theaters and it was like winning awards. Is that going to be our generation's thing? I don't know. These are questions that I'd like to ask. This is a movie that I love to watch. Anything you'd like to add? Where I read some fun facts, some trivia. Uh, okay, I want to ask you this. Was Charles uh, one of them at the end? I think so. And I think you and I have had this conversation before. Mm-hmm. You see McCready. So I'm still, I don't know, because this is going to come out at a later time. I don't know if I have a cork yet for the for the, the, the bottle you got me. Like, by time this comes out, right? So I'm still using the green bottle. And also, even if I had a cork for that, this episode, I wanted to make sure I used the green bottle because McCready drinks out of a bottle that's the same shade. Right? Right. Also, uh, there's a there's a, a thing toy of McCready. Um, it's awesome, and it's got changeable hands, and he's got a gun and that silly hat, and he drinks. <laughs> and, oh, it's good. But um, I have to buy that. All that to be said, uh, you see him drinking what I assume to be whiskey or rum or something out of a bottle similar to the green one that I have that I do the wine jokes with. And you see him throwing those bottles. And I think there's a scene of him filling it up with gasoline or kerosene or what have you. And then at the end, when the base blows up and Childs just walks out, he drinks out of one of those bottles and McCready laughs. I think at that point he knows this is the thing. Mm. That's what I think. And I don't remember if you or Marcus, because it was right after we had seen the movie together, uh, sent me that theory. But now that I read the thing before we sat down about the eye gleam, I want to see if Childs had the eye gleam or not. Yeah. Yeah, there was a theory I have to continue watching about him and the whiskey, the whole movie of how like he, it's a connection to something, but I think really? they're unofficial, but I remember after we watched it at the drive-in, I was looking stuff up, and there was a comic that yes. Child survived. He wasn't it, or and McCready also wasn't it. I don't remember what the details were, but... If I remember correctly, because I remember watching a synopsis video you sent me, McCready leaves... So we're spoiling comics now. Uh, McCready runs out of the base. He wakes up in the daytime and he's not sure how much time has passed. Childs isn't there. He runs to another base and either finds Norwegians or somebody else. 
He explains to them what has happened. He, they fly to a jungle. Childs is there. Childs is, a, is the thing at that point. Yeah. So I think at the end of the movie, Childs is Keith fucking David. No way to know, you know. they. Yeah. That's the beauty of it. They leave it for you to speculate. Such a good movie. So, like a movie that came out. 92, 2002, 2012. It's almost 40 years old. Next year, it's 40 years old, right? Mm-hmm. That people are still talking about this movie, still speculating about this movie. It, It's not like, you know what I mean? The only thing I can think of that's going to have this much speculation is Pulp Fiction with the suitcase. Yeah. But like Tarantino has said like, oh, whatever, whatever, whatever you want is in the box. Whatever you want is in the suitcase. I was was doing a bunch of coke and I said, split it up, split the whole movie up. Like John Carpenter said, oh, I know who I know who was the thing at the end of the movie. McCready could be the thing at the end of the movie. Yeah. Like, oh, God, is this movie good? Also, since we are a Fallout show, technically, uh, McCready... Little lamplight, Fallout 4, ba-bow. Okay, I think we've hit our quota of Fallout <laughs> talk. <laughs> I I want to read the trivia, and I'm trying yeah, to make ahead. sure that, that we weren't all over the place. Do you have anything else you want to say before I bop into that? <sighs> uh, no. Before I get into trivia, if you have nothing to say then, this is a movie that I think you should watch with, with your friends, especially those who have never seen it before. This is a movie that I think, I think, I it, like, it could be a team building exercise. Sit around, watch the movie. Watch your friends kind of look at your other friends differently after a while. <laughs> this is just a great film to watch with people alone, in the cold, in the dark. Uh. Before I get into this, real quick, I just want to talk about, uh, I'm, I'm just saying this because I'm seeing this on the IMDb. There is something called... Ping Pingu's Pingu's the thing. Is this the is this the penguin? Pengu? Yes, it is. Pengu. John Carpenter's the thing, as performed by the claymated Antarctic cast of the hit children's animation Pingu. This is the doot doot or noot noot. I penguin, think somebody right? like did a parody of it like that. Okay, but it's on IMDb, <laughs> so. Either way, this somebody is... goes, aka Dingu. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, actually, the way I found this movie was through South Park. Really? Because they had the uh, the episode with the lice, and Carmen was down there with yes. the blood. Yes. To see who had lice. Yeah, that was how I first like knew about this movie. I think I've seen that before. I've seen the thing. Yeah. And I didn't. It didn't. I don't know South Park was a show that I always watched very passively. Like it was just, oh, it's on. Uh, all right, so here's some trivia. John Carpenter stated that out of all of his films, this is his personal favorite. Now, before I read the rest of this, I, I'm a little ashamed to say this, but I don't really know what else John Carpenter has made. Uh, Halloween. Really? I think Halloween. Escape from New York. Oh, he did They Live? Yeah. He did Christine? Oh, yeah. my God. Okay, I have seen other things. 
Yeah, Big Trouble in Little Chinatown. The Fog. Dude, he he wrote the Thing game. We have to get our hands on it. <laughs> oh no, no, I'm sorry. He's an actor in the Thing game. He's oh. Doctor Faraday. My bad. Oh, this is what he acted in. He was a writer for They Live. He was in. Okay, my bad. I apologize. The film is considered a benchmark in special makeup effects. The effects were created by Rob Botton, who was only 22 when he started the project. This one is a is a fact on on the IMDb, but I don't I don't believe it because I was watching a video on this before, and uh, th- these companies like didn't exist in this capacity yet because the, when the movie the movie started the process of being made in like the mid 70s. Uh, the two characters in the movies are nicknamed Mac, McCready shorthand, and Windows, a nickname inspired by the fact that the character always wears glasses. Cool. Since the film was made in 82, this is purely coincidental, as it had nothing to do with Apple or Microsoft. So, Kyle, this one I feel like you'll appreciate a lot. I, I was reading this one before. In August of 2003, a couple of hardcore fans, Todd Cameron and Stephen Crawford, ventured to the remote filming location in Stewart, British Columbia, and after 21 years found the remains of Outpost 31 and the Norwegian helicopter. The rotor blade from the chopper now belongs to Todd and the rest and rests in his collections of memorabilia from the film. I very much want to get me, um, there was like promotional hats that were made that say the thing on them. I can't find them because every time I type in the thing hat, I get replicas of McCready's hat Mm. (laughs) and they're like three, 400 bucks. And I'm like, all right, maybe I'll buy this. And it's like three, 400 bucks. I'm like, where am I going to wear that? (laughs) In a wonder. Yeah. Yeah. Good thing. I live in Colorado now. I should go up on the mountains (laughs) I should go up on the mountains with like a be- I, like this movie makes me wish I had hair. I would grow it out to look like Kurt Russell. <laughs> According to John Carpenter, he takes all of his failed movies pretty hard, but the film's initial negative reception disappointed him the most. Not only was it a box office bomb, but critics panned its gory effects, tone, and characters. <laughs> Vincent Canby called it too phony looking to be disgusting. Isn't that wild? Wow. Because I would say that about CG, uh, it qualifies only as an instant as in it qualifies only as insistent junk. Insistent junk. Dave Knurr wrote that it was hell hard to tell who's being attacked and hard to care. Wow. Likewise, Roger Ebert was disappointed by the superficial characterization and the impulsive behavior and dis- this and dismiss the film as nothing more than an alien from 79 knockoff carpenter was particularly upset by christian Nebe, the director of the original thing from another world from 51 publicly denounced his version wow if you want blood go to the slaughterhouse all in all it's a terrific commercial for J&B Scotch. <laughs> in response to the commercial bombing of the film, the studio canceled the multi-picture deal they had with Carpenter, who noted that his career would have been different if the film had been successful. Not surprisingly, he was extremely relieved when the film enjoyed a rich cult success following its home video release along with the cult, the cult, the critical reevaluation it received. I got a, a little tidbit here too. Sure. Um, I remember watching in the uh, behind the scenes they did film an uh, alternate ending. Really? Depending on the initial response of did like the th- test. Really? What is it? 
uh, McCready is rescued, and then they take another blood test to prove that he's human. And he's not. And he is. Really? It Ramsey persuaded John Carpenter to shoot an alternate ending, which definitely answered whether McCready or Child was a monster. McCready is rescued in the second ending and takes a second blood test just to prove that he's still human and hasn't been taken over by the thing. Huh. According to an apocryphal story first reported on Reddit in February of 2013, when asked about the ambiguous ending of the film, John Carpenter responded that he never understood how it could be any there could be any confusion about whether Childs or McCready are human or not because the last scene shows Kurt Russell and Keith David staring down at each other, harshly backlit. It's completely glaringly obvious that Kurt Russell is breathing and Keith David is not. Huh. I didn't even notice that. I didn't even notice that. Around eight minutes in, the words spoken by the pilot entering the camp are actually understandable for Norwegians, albeit broken Norwegian. The line goes, seat this. I'm sorry, Norway. See, I'm not going to read this. Uh, this this translates to get the hell out of there. That's not a dog. It's some sort of thing. It's imitating a dog. It isn't real. Get away, you idiots. The entire movie is told to you. I fucking love this movie. In the DVD commentary, John Carpenter says that Wilford Brimley was the only cast member not made squeamish by the autopsy scene where real animal organs were used. The opening title attempts to replicate the appearance of the original Howard Hawk, Haw- Howard Hawks film to create the effect of the title, an animation cell with the thing written on it was placed behind a smoke-filled fish tank, which was covered with a plastic garbage bag. The bag was ignited and created the effect. Yep. Nice. To give the illusion of an of icy Antarctic conditions, interior set in Los Angeles soundstage were refrigerated down to 40 degrees, while outside it was well over 100. Yep. I remember watching, because a couple of them were on the behind-the-scenes there, they're saying, like, we got into the point where we don't even get changed. We just go into 100 degrees, eat, and then go back. Oh, my God. Like, they, they at first, they would change out of their yeah. outfits, but then after a while, they're like, screw it. <laughs> we're, we're not, would, screw, we're going back in. Anyway. Wow. So, this is something I wanted to make sure I brought up. If I ever buy, I'm not a dog person, I'm more of a cat guy. Uh, but if I ever bought a dog, I very much want to name it Blood because of a boy and his dog. I would absolutely name a dog McCready. Hmm. I just think it would fit. Call him Mac. It'd be so nice. John Carpenter was sold on making the film by the blood test scene. He was so adamant to create a monster movie where the creature wasn't obviously played by a man in a suit. Something that had bothered him about somewhat while watching Alien from 79. I don't know if this is in here somewhere. Um, but he was upset with the... I think I read it on a YouTube post. He was originally upset with the poster, which is probably on screen right now, that like person in a snowsuit with the, the light coming from the face because yeah. he thought people were going to think this is just another guy in a suit movie. Yeah, he, I, in the behind the scenes, he was definitely like, he didn't want to do like the guy in a suit kind of thing like they did in the original. And Yeah, I love this movie. Uh, this is also the first movie that he didn't he didn't score himself. The film's budget was 15 million and was substantially larger than the average horror film at the time. Friday the 13th from 1980 cost a mere 700,000, while the original Halloween from 78 was 
was fucking three hundred and seventy-five thousand. I think they said they had like three years to get the work on this or get it done. If really? I which never happens now. John Carpenter comments that one of the Bush pilots used used on the film offered to crash one of the helicopters for money when McCready and Dr. Copper go to visit the Norwegian camp via helicopter. The Bush pilot actually turned the controls over to Kurt Russell once the chopper was off the ground. If you watch the shot, you'll see the copter actually wobble. This is Kurt Russell taking the controls. That's awesome. <laughs> In the cast of 15, there's not one female character in the film. Even the 1951 original had a female character. That's true. The only female presence in the film is the is the voice on McCready's chess computer. Yeah, I remember he talked about them behind the scenes of why. I think he just he felt it was just better with all male cast or something. Really? Not saying it was better, but like... I forgot what he was saying about it. It makes sense it for the take, time. It would take something away. Kyle. Oh my god, Kyle. Every movie has a... It, it, there's no love plot. There's no two people having sex in this movie. That's what I love about this. That's, I didn't even realize that. Movies, to me, are hindered when that happens. Like, you'll have a movie and it's like, oh, here's the obligatory woman who falls in love with the main character because movie. And this doesn't have that. And because it doesn't have that, it doesn't have to establish these relationships. This movie can focus more on confusing you. I love this movie. I love this movie, dude. Holy shit. In the video game tie-in, also called The Thing from 2002, it is revealed that McCready survives and is picked up by a search and rescue team while child freezes to death. John Carpenter has stated that this game is canon. Yeah, there's the alternate ending. Wow. Keith David wears gloves throughout most of the film. This is because he had broken one of his hands in a car accident and needed to cover up the cast. <laughs> the film was originally banned in Finland. Hmm. The uh, poster artist Drew Struzan created the poster for the film basically overnight and without having seen any publicity photos. All right, Kyle, uh, you got a piece of pen and paper out? Because we're going to watch these two other movies. John Carpenter considers this to be the first of his Apocalypse trilogy, Prince of Darkness in 87, and The Mouth of Madness in 94. Some scenes were shot with stop-motion animation, but John Carpenter rejected them because they looked too fake. Yes, it was the scene at the end in the mine. That whole scene with the the thing popping out with the dog face in the middle where it gets dynamite, it's all stop-motion. Really? Yeah. I oh, fuck this movie so good. The Norwegian camp scenes were actually the charred remains of the American site from the end of the film, rather than go through the expense of building and burning down another camp. John Carpenter just said, "Let's reuse it." Wow, that's that's. Nick Nolte turned down the role of McCready, as did Jeff Bridges. Bill Lancaster wrote the script for Harrison Ford and Clint Eastwood as the lead role, and both men were considered. On top of this, a relative, a relatively unknown Fred Ward campaigned for the role. Can I, I want to talk about real quick? I think that's just about it for for the fun facts. Okay. Because I feel like I'm reading like a lot of the same stuff and something. Really honest, I think that. Harrison Ford would have ruined it. I say what you want about the movie not having women. This movie has two black leads yeah. for eighty-two. That's you know what I mean? I like, I like Harrison Ford, but I feel like Harrison Ford is that person nowadays that's like, oh, you like this movie and the fandom? I don't – who are you? Who would – like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, he just doesn't seem 
oh, I was in this movie. Now everybody loves my character and big get away from me, please. Yeah. He's also kind of added that attitude to him. What I love about Harrison Ford is that he wanted nothing to do with acting. He was in Star Wars and then like because George Lucas saw him. And then when he was done with Star Wars, he went back to being a carpenter. Mm. But yeah, no, he's old. Um, and I just feel like he's too much of like a pop icon. The people that are in this movie are the right cast. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's. I mean, dude, it's Kurt Russell. Mm-hmm. Name one movie with Kurt Russell. Like Kurt Russell, even as Santa Claus is like, ah, I'll watch that. Like that movie where he like marries oh, yeah, that rich yeah. woman and shit. Like we have to find an excuse to watch They Live. Because that's a great movie with See, Keith I only David. Remember in it. that is because of uh, everybody like using that, like them as the alien, be like, what? like the because they have the weird alien. Like, who can you trust? Yes, everybody's like every, you see that everywhere as like people being crazy, and conspiracy theories. But like, the, I only remember that because of Saints Row. <laughs> really. Yeah, because you get Roddy Piper and then Keith David, and he's like, Roddy, come on, stop it! And they're fighting. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, that, that I want to watch Soylent Green. Mm. Kyle, what do you give this movie, dude? Oh, you 10 gotta, out of 10. A 10, 10 out of 10, 10, really? 10 out of 10. I want to give it a 10 out of 10. There, I, I have my gripes. I think showing the, the spaceship coming to Earth, um, I think if they were to just unearth the, 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 the spaceship... Like and find it organically, and the audience finds it with them. That would have been, I think, a better experience for me. Like, there's a, a YouTube channel that I watched where the guy said that he was going to sit a massacre. I've talked about him before. That uh, they wanted to re-edit Kill Bill into one movie. Mm. If I had to re-edit this movie, I would just take out the first like ten seconds of the spaceship, the first fifteen twenty seconds of the spaceship, mm-hmm. and just start it where it says John Carpenter's the thing. And it's a that makes it perfect. It's a ten out of ten. It's a nine point eight. It's a nine point nine. It is realistically, I want to give it a nine point eight, just because I do have my few gripes and whatnot. And yeah. uh, but I also at the same time I did hear this one quote once that said, "Movies don't get finished; they come out." You know what I mean? Yeah. Not every movie movie is perfect. They had to hit a deadline. I love this movie. Thank you for doing this with me, sir. Yeah. Uh, any excuse to watch the thing? I, <laughs> I want to buy some posters for my my living room. I want to do like a cinema theme and get movie posters. And this is like the first one I want to get. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a District Nine one Ooh. that's uh, like an original from '09. Uh, but thank you for being here. Thank you yeah. for hanging out. Thank you for for watching. If you, I don't know what I'm gonna do for the intro music. I might do something different. If if I do use Shane Ivers, Shane Ivers, SilvermanSounds.com slash free music, not just Feather Duster, but a bunch of other stuff. Links in the description of my Twitter, Kyle's Twitter, the Discord. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to subscribe. If you're listening on a podcast channel, share it around. Give us a five star. Uh, please, any any love and support helps. Thank you again to the Patreon. You are appreciated, loved, and welcomed. Uh, if you want to buy any merch, there is a Redbubble where you can buy some designs that myself and the previous host have designed together. Kyle, final thoughts. What say you, Papa? Uh, go watch this movie. Go watch this movie. Go watch, watch it with movie. friends. Did you eat popcorn while you watched it? 
I did. Me too. Thanks for being here, everybody. See you next week. Bye. See ya. See you. Bye. Bye bye. Atomic Radio Hour Podcast. A Gulman Entertainment Production.